Welcome to AliCast, a deep dive into emerging trends in e-commerce and digital innovation, brought to you by Alibaba Group. This podcast brings you behind the scenes at one of China's largest companies and offers insights about Chinese consumers and brands doing business in China. I'm Julie Huang with AliZilla. Can a startup go global right away? My guest Josh Gaim says yes. Josh is the CEO of a startup called Nuria. He co-founded Nuria after 15 years at Johnson and Johnson, where he held several roles in the global consumer healthcare division, including chief technology officer. From big company to startup, Josh says both can go global much easier these days as brands leverage digital transformation. In the era of e-commerce, and he'll share how he has partnered with Alibaba Group to make that happen. Josh Gaim, thank you for joining us. Now, you launched Nuria in 2019. Tell us what is Nuria. Thank you, Julie. It's such a pleasure to be joining you today.、Uh, Nuria is a brand that we created, inspired because of the traditions and rituals that women have around the world. We develop those products based on the curations that we get from each region. To give you an example, if you look at Japan, there might be a very specific routine, and then we go and look for ingredients from Japan and formulations that are more modern or more unique, and we bring them as part of the Nuria portfolio. But the second part of what Nuria is is this idea that not all women around the world have the same opportunities, and education being one of the main focus areas. We partnered with an organization called She's the First,、uh, which is based in New York, to support girls' education. So I think, in in, in a nutshell, Nuria is basically a brand that brings the wisdom and the knowledge that women have from around the world, so that they can share it with each other. Second is collectively to actually promote even more girl education to empower more girls through finishing the first ones being to finish high school in their families. That's great. You know, beauty, healthcare. It could be a very crowded field. So, how do you make sure Nuria stands out from its competitors? We use a lot of millennials around the world to actually help us design the product. If you look at the Nuria products, they completely stand out. The colors that are used,、uh, ingredients that are brought.、Uh, so, to give you an example, we have this night jelly that's used as a night mask. It has this purple color, but that comes because we use an ingredient called bilberry from the Nordic region. When we develop the products to bring that unique aspect on the look and feel and performance of the product, but then you package that into a packaging that's unique and very bright because of the name Nuria, the meaning bright. I think all of that was a big part of it. So you launched Nuria in 2019, and obviously you were looking to grow Nuria this year, and then COVID hit. So how have you navigated the startup through the crisis? For new startup, it's always would be a huge challenge. In in our case, I think it was part of it is the experience that we had in the industry. Myself and the whole team, a lot of us spent with a lot of big brands doing different things, and especially in the beauty space and healthcare space. So when COVID hit, our plan was always to expand globally. So we designed our products upfront to be、uh, to have that global view, and China was always in our strategy. So as COVID hit, we made the decision to actually accelerate that launch in China with the Tmall Global Partnership. And for those who don't know Alibaba's Tmall Global, how would you describe it? If you think about 
a place where it's just a microcosm of technology, mobile, digital, shopping malls, brands from around the world, a big experimental lab, data science, marketing, looking at sophisticated customer acquisition models, creative go-to-market strategy. It's almost like just if you take those and many others I could mention and you put them into a well-structured platform, that's how you get to Alibaba and Tmall Global. Just sounds like daunting, but I think Alibaba and Tmall are taking care of all the the difficult technologies and uh, sophistication of the system to make it very simple so that you're able to actually access customers directly within the China market. It's been about almost three months now, and we're very excited about the results that we're seeing in China. It's almost like not only making up for the retail strategy we had in the U.S., but also it's surpassing our expectations so far. But also there's a big thing coming in China was 11-11 and everything that's going to happen till the end of the year. So that's very exciting. Let's back up a little bit. And um, can you tell me, how did you first come to work with Tmall Global? I assume it's sort of projects at Johnson & Johnson. Can you share some stories about that? Uh, I think working as, as a CTO and head of R&D for Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health, obviously it's one of the largest healthcare companies, consumer health companies that owns a lot of brands like Neutrogena, Aveeno, Tylenol, Listerine. And I've been involved with looking for new ways to introduce some of those products into China. We started actually even on Listerine. We did Neutrogena, Avino. And it's interesting because there was a combination of things that we did with Alibaba. In some cases, those are brands that were already in China. So finding ways through digital to accelerate them. So there's been uh, quite a bit of experience working directly with Alibaba and Tmall Global. And for me, actually, that's probably the most fascinating lessons I've had between Alibaba and J&J. It's interesting. You look at both companies and you think, wow, one is in healthcare, the other one is in technology. So there's nothing in common other than trying to figure out how to sell products. The reality of it is they're not that different from each other Hmm. because both companies are hyper-focused on innovation. Both companies understand that not all innovation is going to come from inside their walls. It's this idea of using a network of global entrepreneurs, global startups to actually continue to drive innovation. And every time I got into meetings with Alibaba and Tmall teams, that's where we always netted out is like, we don't need more products in the market. We need things that are actually addressing unmet needs. What are some of the things that consumers are not, that are not addressing, not just from a performance but also from a quality, from efficacy, from having clinical studies, knowing what it's uh, showing results on performance of products. So for me, I think that was the aha moment, the connectivity that I saw. And uh, seriously, as I left J&J to start uh, Small World Brands and also uh, Ignite Venture Studio, uh, that was the whole concept, is to bring those two together. But then we always thought that China needs to be part of our strategy because of that relationship and that connectivity of the capabilities that Tmall Global brings. All right. But does it take um, a chief technology officer to appreciate what Alibaba's technology can offer? Or, you know, can most folks really sort of come in and understand? Most people actually don't understand it because, yes, it is a technology-first company. The sophistication I see in Tmall, Alibaba, in terms of technology, the ability to actually reach customers and the way customers actually engage with brands, it's presented to the brands in a very simple way. 
what Alibaba and Tmall Global have built is actually a simple menu for people to use. Granted, as sophisticated as it is, and actually it's interesting because if you have a sophisticated marketing team, digital team, then it's, it's just a big market that you can play with and, uh, and, and basically improve your performance through that. And for me, I think this hyper-focus of data targeting of the market segments is probably the biggest value and uh, unfortunately it has nothing to do with having a, being a CTO or uh, having a big job. It has a lot to do on basic rule. Be hyper-focused on your customers and what they need in terms of make sure you're addressing their unmet need. And as long as you have that proposition, doesn't matter what your background is, I think you're able to be, be successful with Timo Global. You mentioned that you know your travels to China for work. You you've seen how digitally savvy the consumers there are, and how brands have to respond. So, how does all that shape how you guided projects, both at J and J and Nuria? Are there some common themes? Oh, absolutely. I think I think this concept of it's it's interesting because you never saw that many new beauty brands come up into the market, except for the last few years, basically the indie brands. And the reason for that is the role of technology is playing. If you think about it in the in in the past, if you're a big brand, you have your own manufacturing facilities. You can afford to put a lot of TV advertising. You can hire the best of the best from a talent perspective. That has all changed now. Because you don't need to have large infrastructure for manufacturing to be successful in beauty. You don't need to build a large organization to be successful. You can build that relationship with suppliers, with Tmall Global, the digital aspect. Instead of TV advertising, which, which was costing quite a bit, uh, using digital and hyper-focused influencers and KOLs, you're able to reach your customers directly and much more even on, on an intimate setting than what was people were used to from uh, TV advertising where you just do a mass blanket, the whole market, basically. Because of digital, because of the savviness of the Chinese consumer, the way mobile is being used, it's just mind-boggling to think about how fast technology is enabling people to reach what they need to reach to get access to information. And for me, actually, that's very exciting because that's actually opening up uh, opportunities, significant opportunities for new brands, and for entrepreneurs to actually push markets globally. You know, I can hear the excitement in your voice when you talk about this and sort of the new things that you can do, right, in this sort of new era of digital. Why was it important? I mean, you've had a great background, big companies, really sort of prominent companies. Why was it important for you to launch your own startup? I was always an entrepreneur. And it's, it's interesting because even being in big companies, I've had that opportunity because I have a science background. I'm big into data. I, I, it's very exciting to do to see technology actually advance. That makes people's lives better. So when you bring all of that, I think that was always important to me. I had significant opportunities to actually push all of that in big companies. I led all the innovation heading the R&D organization and technology development. But at the same time, for me, there is a gap between what big companies could do and then what small companies could do. And there's this middle gap that exists that is unfortunate today. So to give you an example, for startups, they're struggling every single day. You have to figure out exactly what you're going to do. You don't have the level of resources that big companies have. 
But at the same time, you're going to do things faster. You're much more savvy in terms of making decisions, moving things forward. And then you got on the big company side, you have all the resources you need. I mean, it's, it's the budget, the number of people you need. Uh, you can make a phone call and somebody's definitely going to answer your call compared to a startup. But then the big companies are also looking at the startups to say, why can't we be nimble? Why can't we just move, make decisions and move faster? Why can't we experiment with our brands? So there's this, there's this balance of envy that exists on both sides. And I know it exactly because I've been on both sides of it. Nuria is part of a portfolio of companies, an incubator you founded called Small World Brands. And I, I love the title. Um, it may be a small company, but it can still be a world brand. Yet for a startup, uh, for entrepreneur, what you're promoting sounds daunting. So how, do you, how would you reassure them? We created Small World Brands and Ignite Venture Studio. And by the way, it's great. I think you mentioned the Small World Brands name. Uh, and it was specifically selected because we wanted to highlight that it is a small world. Whether we like it or not, digital has made the whole world much smaller than it used to be. And these days, anything that happens in one corner of the world is likely to impact the rest of the world due to digital transformation and global connectedness. And we created those to enable brands not only to be successful when they're at the early stages, but also create opportunities early on to partner with big CPG companies to bridge that envy that exists on both sides of the aisle, basically. Big corporations on one side, small startups on the other. How do we create digitally native brands that leverage the biggest suppliers, manufacturers, and capabilities that actually exist um, which, which is always interesting because if you think about it, if you're a startup, you're not going to be able to have the big manufacturers, the big raw material suppliers actually work with you. In our case, because we had those relationships, I think we were able to leverage those. And even in some cases, we still connect brands that are not even in our portfolio now uh, to say, okay, go work with this company or go work with this manufacturer because we want to make sure uh, upfront, they're thinking about the quality standards, the requirements that are needed, and in this day and age to make sure that they can source. Uh, I mean, a lot of startups were suffering during COVID because they can't get the packaging that they need if it's, if it's coming from another region, another world, uh, another part of the world. It's just important that they have access and they're treated maybe not equally, but at least to the same level with, with respect that they need to be able to source the, the products that they need. So in our case, basically... On the one side, we're incubating, and on the other side, we're accelerating brands. And on the acceleration piece, that's where I think the, the partnership we continue to build, and I think we had before, but also we're building now, is, is with Steamall Global to be able to bring that, that acceleration piece. You have that enviable experience with big and small. So what would be your advice to young people who want to start their own business, too? There's three things I tell people that ask for advice. One is... As long as you're prepared, chance always favors the person that's actually prepared, a prepared mind. And it's always good to be mentally prepared for many scenarios. Don't assume like your first idea and your first business model is actually going to turn out exactly the way you mapped it. It's going to change. But that's the, that's the fun part about being in a startup is that you're able to adapt. And we talked about it in terms of COVID hitting, who would have, who would have thought about that in right. terms of being able to project what might happen, but the ability just being prepared for those kinds of scenarios, as long as you're making decisions fast to be able to get everything on track 
I think that's always very important. Second is, you know, even myself, I always tell people, surround yourself with people that you think are always going to be better than you are in every aspect of whatever you want to do. As confident as you could be about your capabilities, always look for people that will push your thinking. And the last piece is, regardless of what you choose, you have to enjoy it. It's interesting because even in big companies, uh, there was one thing I always ask new people that say, why do you get up in the morning and come to work? And if it's one of those things where you get up in the morning and you're almost like forcing yourself to do something, you're in the wrong job. And it's the same is true for startups. If you just can't wait to wake up in the morning again to get started, you're in the right area because I personally think that life is way too short to be stuck doing things that you don't enjoy and make sure that you enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise, find a different career or a different role in the startup world because you're making that choice to do that work. Great advice. And this conversation was something I enjoyed. Josh Guyam, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure, and I look forward to trying my Nuria face mask tonight. Thank you for having me. I think it's uh, it's very exciting. And uh, seriously, we're so excited about the partnership with Timo Global, and we're, we can't wait to see how 1111 turns out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Olicast. Olicast. 